0: Hello, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm your host, Clint Kubo, and today I have with me radiation therapy, clinical research manager, and lung screening coordinator.
1: Yes, all so, of that is true.
0: So this is Patty in here. Thank Hello. you for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Clint. Thanks yeah. for having me.
0: Yeah. So could you go in a little bit about yourself, some of your history here at uh, Oh my,
1: yes. Good okay. Samaritan. So I've been here uh, a while, um, <laughs> thus the multiple titles, evidently, uh, but... Uh, Uh, Yeah, so I've spent the majority of my career in oncology. Okay. Okay, so um, on the uh, treatment end. Mm -hmm. So lung screening is on the prevention and screening end. So it's exciting for me to have a part in this where we are finding cancers early And uh, they still get treated, but people have a much higher chance of surviving lung cancer when it's found early. And, of course, we're right here to take care of them on the treatment side as well.
0: Sure. So, yeah, we're going to really dive into lung cancer screenings, Mm -hmm. and there's been some updates with that type of stuff. So let's just dive right into it. So how is lung cancer diagnosed?
1: Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, uh, like most places across the country. When we began our lung screening program, which was uh, really late in 2014, 2015 was our first year. Mm-hmm. We were like everybody else, meaning that lung cancer was diagnosed at a late stage. Mm. That's the way it is across the United States. Generally, we have stages one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Um, 75% of our lung cancer diagnoses were in threes and fours. Sure. And, uh, but then we started screening people. Mm -hmm. So we, in that time, and that time from 2015 to now, we have made some significant progress, Hmm. uh, not just Good Samaritan, but Indiana overall. Indiana has um, increased their screening rate uh, 45% since then. But Good Samaritan, we have um, started discovering our cancers 50-50 now. Wow. Ones and twos, threes and fours.
0: That's incredible.
1: So a big... Group of people, 25%, mm. are, you know, living longer, are, yeah. are, you know, sometimes getting cured even. Yeah. Because the thing with lung cancer is that there's no symptoms generally until it's late. Mm. That's why it's generally, you know, diagnosed late. Sure. That's yeah. the thing. So because we know this and we know that lung cancer is the number one cancer killer hmm. of men and women. Wow. Um, It kills more people than breast, prostate, and colon combined. Mm -hmm. Every day, 350 people die of lung cancer. Wow. Uh, I always, when I give talks in the public, um, I like to give a slide that shows um, uh, an airplane full Uh of people, a 747. Sure. This is the equivalent of two 747s crashing every single day. people dying of lung cancer. And the main reason is because it's diagnosed so late. Hmm. So because we're doing screenings, we're finding it before people have symptoms. Mm -hmm. And if you can find it before there's symptoms, people do not know this, that it's very, very curable. It really is. Mm -hmm. You can have it removed and you can go on your life.
0: Sure. So we'll get into the uh, symptoms in a little bit, Mm -hmm, but um, let's talk about the criteria updates for screenings. Yes,
1: I'm really excited to talk about this because um, CMS just a few weeks ago changed the criteria to be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So now the criteria for this is Medicare CMS Mm -hmm. um, is age 50 to 77. So, it used to be you had to be a little bit older to qualify, hmm. but now it's age 50. And those people who have smoked at least what we call a 20 pack year, what that means is one pack of cigarettes for 20 years, two packs hmm. for 10 years.
0: Okay? And that's a day, like a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm, a day. Correct. Okay. So,
1: an equivalent. Okay. So, you know, you may have somebody that smokes, believe it or not, four packs a day. Yeah. So, you know, if they've been doing that for five years, they qualify. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, um, that really does encompass a lot of people when you lower that age mm-hmm. r- limit and that smoking criteria. So the the number one cause factor is smoking, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. So sure. we really need to get those people. And also, as with any screening test. Um, the person should be asymptomatic without symptoms. Hmm. So I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So I'll get to that when we get to that part.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about you talked about the cause of lung cancer. The main one is smoking. Have you seen many people that aren't smokers?
1: Well, in the screening program, they wouldn't qualify sure, because they don't have the 20 pack Mm year. But in my treatment side, in the radiation oncology side, we've certainly seen people that were not smokers that got lung cancer. It's just not nearly as common, Mm -hmm. not at all. Okay. You know, it certainly can happen. And one of the um, factors for that, you know, we'll talk about some of that, but is like radon. It's a radioactive gas Hmm. that people in the Midwest can have like in their basements. And some people have radon detectors. Yeah. But that definitely causes lung cancer.
0: Yeah, I've heard of the radon detectors, along Mm -hmm.
1: with the um, carbon monoxide. Yeah, carbon Mm -hmm. monoxide detectors.
0: So that's something to keep an eye out for. so some of the symptoms of lung cancer.
1: Yeah, so when we are screening people and I try to talk to everyone who is being scheduled for a screening test just to verify their criteria mm-hmm. and uh, we always tell them, you know, we expect that you are asymptomatic. And what I mean by that is that you're they are not coughing up blood. Hmm. They haven't suddenly lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. for no reason at all. They are not getting treatment currently for an active lung infection. Hmm. So, you know, the thing about being asymptomatic, um, I know that somebody might think, well, you know, I, I maybe have that, but I'm going to go ahead and get screened. Um, mm-hmm. It's covered by my insurance. The problem with that is that sometimes on an x-ray, you see something hmm. and it could be a lung infection. But if you're not telling anybody that you're sick, Mm -mm. it could be interpreted as something else. Sure. So you really need to be truthful about being Mm -mm. asymptomatic. And if a person has a lung infection, we would just wait until they were done taking their antibiotic and then bring them in.
0: Sure. And going into that lung infection type Mm -hmm. of thing, so can lung cancer disguise itself as like pneumonia or a cold or something like that?
1: Um, Well, that's really more of a physician type's question. Mm -hmm. However, certainly people that have... Um, uh, a lung infection that doesn't clear up, mm-hmm. you know, then that may be a flag for their provider to look into why that's not clearing up. Sure. Okay. So what we're looking at um, when we are screening people and the radiologist is looking for on those CT scans because it is a CAT scan of mm-hmm. the chest. Okay. Sure. That's what we're doing. Only we do it uh, without contrast and at a very low dose, mm-hmm. so it's lower dose than even a normal CT of the chest. Okay, so we're just looking for any abnormalities. Mm -hmm. Now, a person who has had frequent lung infections, maybe they had histoplasmosis, you know, maybe they've had multiple pneumonias, Mm. they may have scarring in their lungs. Now, does that count as abnormal tissue? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, you can have abnormal tissue in your lung that is not cancerous, absolutely scarring the things that we just talked about. What we're looking at are pulmonary nodules. And basically, that's a fancy word for saying a collection of tissue that's abnormal, mm. okay? So uh, pulmonary nodules are vastly benign, mm. 90% benign. However, all, almost all 100% of cancers in the lung start with a pulmonary nodule. Mm. So you can have a pulmonary nodule and never have right. cancer because it could have been from an infection or something mm. like mm. that. That's why we follow those. So when you're screened, just like with any other screening test, you continue to be screened as long as you qualify. So every year you would have your screening test. Mm -hmm. We look at last year's test. We look at this year's test. We can compare. And if there is a pulmonary nodule that is different than Mm -hmm. the year before, then we'd follow it a little closer. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't wait a whole year. Mm -hmm. And many times um, that is how cancer is found early. Okay. Okay. So there's been a significant change from the last time. And uh, again, I can't stress it enough. Lung cancer can be cured. It really, really can. Mm. If it's found early, you can can beat that.
0: Okay. What are the uh, survival rates Mm. depending on the stages? It does
1: depend upon stage. So... um, there's other things that go into that, you know, mm-hmm. what your rate will be. But, I mean, if you're a stage one, I mean, it's 90%. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: I mean, mm. it is really, really high mm. uh, because surgery alone would be all you need. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's definitely extremely important to get those screenings. It's
1: so important. And uh Again, I I really cannot say it often enough because I really do not think that most people realize that lung cancer can be curable. I think most people hear lung cancer and they remember their uncle, their, um, you know, grandpa, their their grandma from, you know, 50 years ago, what that was. Mm -hmm. And it is not that anymore. Screening has changed that significantly. And really, I want to also reiterate to our minority populations Mm -hmm. how important it is because um, especially like our African-American population, they are underserved in screening um, significantly more than their Mm -hmm. counterparts. And with some um, minority populations, the uh, effects of certain kinds of cancers can be more aggressive. Hmm. so. Um, If you meet criteria, you know, please, please talk to your provider. Or you can talk to me, um, um,
0: 812-885-3638. Oh, great. Yeah, and I'll get that phone number thrown in the description of the episode so it's available. Yeah. Um, So let's just jump into um, possible treatments. So say something's popped up. Yeah. What's the next step? Yeah.
1: So when we have a screening that has a positive result, Mm -hmm. okay, so that means a nodule. Of some sort that is of a certain size. Right. Okay. Um, What happens next? So we report to the primary provider, whoever ordered the scan. And of course, they're monitoring their own results too. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody orders a test, you know, they're kind of responsible for that test. But we prompt them, if there's a positive, to look into what's next. And generally, the radiologist who reads the scans will provide a recommendation. Okay, so depending upon the size and the shape of the nodule, the radiologist may recommend that the patient maybe be checked in six months instead of 12. Hmm. Okay, maybe they recommend that the patient be checked in three months. Okay, maybe they recommend that the patient needs a biopsy
0: Hmm.
1: or a PET scan. Okay, so it's all dependent on the size of the nodule and the shape of the nodule.
0: Quick question. So when you say a biopsy and you're talking about lungs Mm -hmm. and stuff, so how is that done without opening things up?
1: Well, we (laughs) are lucky here. We have Dr. Grant, who's our pulmonologist, and Mm -hmm. he can do what's called a navigational bronchoscopy where the patient has some sedation and he is able to go into the lung Hmm. and uh, take a look around. And he does that not just for, you know, potential lung cancers, but for mm-hmm. other things, too, that are going on in the lung. Okay. But in this case, with the navigational bronch, he can do some sampling while okay. he's there. Oh. And also, Dr. Young, our uh, interventional radiologist, she can do some things in radiology also hmm. that are useful for well, biopsies. That's very cool. <laughs> it is very cool because... Um, Now, that's on the diagnostic side, okay? So as far as the treatment, that's what we're really getting to, right? (laughs) So once uh, that is biopsied and diagnosed, then we would move to treatment. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that, like, I know Dr. Young talked about this when we did the Facebook Um, live, Mm -hmm. there's some freezing that she can do, which is they call it cryo. Mm -hmm. Um, She can do that in radiology in Mm -hmm. certain instances, Uh, much more commonly as a surgery technique where the tumor itself can be removed or a portion of the lung itself Mm -hmm. without removing the entire lung. Um, I mean, I know that there's instances where someone would have a pneumonectomy, where you know one whole side wow. would be really removed, but that is really just not as common. Hmm. Generally, it's a segment okay. of the lung, and uh, that's that's by far the most common treatment. But you think about people who we're talking about, and those people are generally heavy smokers. Okay, sure. so some comorbidities go along with that, mm-hmm. including people who have COPD. So if a person has severe COPD, which, you know, people who smoke, you know, three, four packs a day can have generally a uh, severe case of Mm -hmm. COPD, those people can't be put under anesthesia. Okay. okay? There's a big risk. Hmm. It's not that they can't. It's just that there is a very high risk. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we can do in radiation oncology, we do stereotactic radiation therapy Mm -hmm. where the patient will come for five treatments. Mm-hmm. and we can eradicate the tumor in that amount of time. Sure. Now again this depends on stage. Okay? Mm-hmm. So but we do that very often and it can be very successful. So I could go on all day about SBRT yeah. but uh, it's it's great because there is no invasiveness to the patient. Mm-hmm. They're there, like I said. They only come five times. Mm-hmm. There, the first day is a long time. So a lot of planning work done. Uh, we do an, our own cat scan, mm-hmm. um, but basically the patient will lay still um, on the table. They can breathe, mm-hmm. um, but they can be done in thirty minutes.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. this is kind of going back. I'm jumping around. Yeah, a that's bit. fine. Um, so we were talking about you know how smokers. It's mainly the smokers who are getting diagnosed with this. Mm-hmm. Have you seen many effects of vapes? and mm, um,
1: I love that question. Yeah. Um, vaping is not a qualifier for screening, hmm. okay? However, let's be clear, I have to say this, <laughs> um lungs were made to breathe air right. Okay, that's the way uh, God designed lungs is to (laughs) inhale air. When you're inhaling, and I mean, think about it, people who have occupational exposure. Mm -hmm. We ask people, one of the um, risk factors that we ask people is, have you been around where you're inhaling silica, um, diesel fumes, Mm. um, certain other chemicals like cadmium? You know Those things, if you have an occupational job where you have been inhaling those things, those are mm-hmm. risks, real risks for lung cancer. Mm-hmm. I suspect that somewhere down the road, we'll be adding some other things to right. our list. And uh, I'm not an expert on vaping. Uh, I, I certainly don't know every ingredient that's in there, but mm-hmm. it's my understanding that since it's not FDA managed, mm-hmm. that there can be ingredients from type to type, uh, whichever you're picking, where right. you may be inhaling some things that, you know, uh, are not what you thought.
0: Sure. Do you see a lot of... Um... Or do you see many at all uh, non-smoking like construction workers who are around those diesel fumes and stuff?
1: Yeah, we don't because they wouldn't qualify for screening. Uh-huh. But I definitely have seen you know people in radiation oncology come uh-huh. to us for radiation treatments that are that's non-SBRT um, for lung cancer that have had other. Um, occupational exposure. Like I said, um, it's not just occupational too. I mean, it's radon. If you Mm -hmm. are one of those people and you didn't know that you had that, you know, that's a very, very high risk for developing lung cancer.
0: And I I understand they wouldn't qualify for screening, but secondhand smokers. Oh,
1: yes. Um, That is not something I think that has been I'm not aware of the data that's related to mm-hmm. that but I do know that that is um, something that we track mm-hmm. on our screening we ask everyone that okay yeah so because it's such a uh, prevalent and uh, we know that there are carcinogens in that smoke mm-hmm. you know even if it is being you know taken in second hand sure. that that is something that's a detriment to a lot of people so we do track that
0: okay Awesome. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we close out here? Any, uh, so actually, one more question. Um, for anyone who, you know, maybe, um, Eligible for this? Is this a self-referral thing, or do they need to go through their physician? Is there a phone number? Yeah, we call? so
1: um, it does require a physician's order. Um, but I want to be clear on the criteria before we stop, yes, because sure. one thing that we didn't uh, mention, um, our criteria is age fifty to seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. This is CMS's criteria: fifty to seventy-seven. Um, a person who smokes a 20 pack year equivalent. We mm-hmm. talked about that. But it's also considered high risk someone who is a former smoker who okay. was smoking that 20 pack year equivalent. Hmm. So that former smoker, if that fit your uh, life in that 20 pack year, mm-hmm. if that fit you, um, as long as you have quit within the last 15 years, a long time. Really? Yeah, you still qualify. So you're still at high risk. I think a lot of people don't know that either. Yeah.
0: Hmm. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Um, any, um, anything else that you would like to add?
1: I don't think so. Just, um, you know, I would like people to call me if they have questions. Sure. You know, if you don't have to make an appointment with me, uh, (laughs) I'm happy to talk to anybody about, you know, any questions they'd have about screening. Maybe someone knows somebody that this could save their life. And that's what we're here for.
0: Mm -hmm. And once again, that phone number is in the description of this episode. So feel free to check that out. Well, Patty, I want to thank you once again for joining me today. It was a great discussion and very educational.
1: Okay. Um, Well, thanks for having me. I'm happy to come back anytime.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And everyone else, uh, my name is Clint, and this is the Good Samaritan HealthCast, and we will catch you guys next week.